18 years ago, someone would have told you that you'd be where you're at right now. What would your reaction been? I would have laughed in their face hysterically. I have an amazing guest on the podcast today that you are going to pee your pants with excitement when you find out who it is. This amazing individual has actually been on the podcast before and we connected in the early days of the pandemic and I instantly loved her energy. As life happened, we fell out of touch with each other and just a few weeks ago, she had reached out to me to come speak with her students and there was just this amazing bond that happened. We've been connecting ever since and I'm so excited for her to come on and talk about the first time she made over $200,000 behind the chair. So this person that's coming on lives in Kansas City with her three wiener dogs and amazing chef husband has been a hairstylist for 18 years and an international educator for the last five. She has her own membership called The Blonding Crew. And without further ado, I want to introduce you to my friend, Sarai Spear, the platinum giraffe on Instagram. Buckle up, friend. This is going to be one hell of a podcast episode. I overthink. I overshare and I overanalyze. So come explore with me as I chat about business, life, and relationships all through the lens of an anxious creative. 18 years ago, if you, someone would have told you that you'd be where you're at right now, what would your reaction been? I would have said, where are the drugs you're smoking? Cause I would like some. That would have been my exact response. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I love it. Sarai, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. I'm so excited to chat with you today. I am very excited to be here, Dawn. I always love having conversations with you and I'm just, I'm really thrilled to be here sharing space with you, friend. Me too. As most people know, have a collapsed lung. And I can sound like I'm talking pretty good, but I'm probably going to let you talk a lot and ask a lot of questions. Because oh, yay. <laughs> I hope you like talking. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Sarai Spear podcast with my co-host, Don Bradley, who's going to be shutting the hell up today. I did good. First of all, tell me, I don't know if because you've been on the podcast before at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. I think it was. Way back in um, the day. Yeah. And I love that we like connected and it was chatted, but then I don't even want to say drifted apart, but just, it was what it was. And then recently we just got connected again and it's been magical. It has been. It's funny how life just puts people in your life at the right moment. And I'm such a big believer in timing is everything. So I think you reached out to me and we did a podcast in 2020, early 2020, and we followed each other. It was a great pod COVID and life and all that happened. And for me, I just was focusing on growing my own education brand and complete transparency. I've been working through stuff. We all have stuff. We all have our demons. We all have our shit. Oh, I can curse on the podcast. Absolutely. Fuck yeah. Okay, good. But we all have our shit. So I didn't realize how much growth or how much growing and changing I have been going through recently. And Mm. we, we were always in each other's orbits, knew who we were, had connected And I don't even remember. I think I asked you to be, to come educate for blonding crew, do a little live, right? So in my private education group, I like to bring speakers in, in the industry, outside of the industry. And I was like, oh my God, I love Dawn. I love what Dawn's doing in the industry. It's so fucking cool. Bring her on. And so then we just got to chatting and it was like, 
I don't know, both of the timing in our life was right. And maybe one day we'll share our story about how the universe just literally slammed us into each other and how we're now besties for fucking life. But maybe it was what caused my collapse lung. It was my fault. It was, listen, my <laughs> orbit, my pull is very strong. And so I did this to Dawn. I accept full responsibility for this. I did not. No, but it's so interesting how timing is everything. I wasn't ready to have a friendship with you like we have now <laughs> two years ago. I wasn't. I, I wasn't in a good space. I wasn't being honest with myself. I had a lot of healing to do, a lot of trauma work. So I just wasn't in a great space. So I trust the timing of the universe when shit's supposed to happen, it's fucking supposed to happen. And here we are doing a podcast together again, full circle. I love it. And today we're talking about something that I feel like sometimes we shy away from talking about money in certain scenarios. I'm curious, what's your money story? Not like dollars and cents, but like how much (laughs) money do you have in your bank account right now? I wish there was more, but. But like growing up, what was your understanding of money? I'll just leave Ooh, it at that. That's a great question. So I will say we were poor and I didn't know it until junior high school. My parents are very hard workers, always have been. I get an incredible work ethic from both of my parents. We had what we needed and we didn't really get what we wanted. The new phone or the new sneakers. It was, no, this is what you get. I have a funny story. When I was in, I think it was like middle school. And I begged my mom, I wanted a pair of Adidas, just Adidas Samba, the three line striped Adidas. And so I begged like my mom the, and I, snap off. Yeah. Pants? Yeah. But like the shoes, like the Adidas oh, the shoes. shoes. Yeah. So I wanted them so bad. So my mom was like, no, like you're not old enough to get a job. We don't have the money. So my mom took me to pay less and she bought me, I call them pho Adidas, faux Adidas. So I got the Payless version, which have four stripes. Now I was so (laughs) excited. I was so excited to wear those bitches to school. And the next day I wore them to school and literally one gave me so much shit because they were like, oh, she can't afford the real ones. Look at her fake Adidas. Oh, her knockoff. She can't. Yeah. So I went home in tears and I cried and I was, I took the shoes off and I said, mom, I'm never wearing these again. And she's like, hell you aren't. I paid $22 for those bitches. You are going to wear them every damn day. And so I was super embarrassed. And that's when I started to really realize we weren't rich. We we definitely weren't rich. I, I've never had a healthy relationship growing up with money. Like, I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. It was, you work hard for what you want and that's it. Later in my teen life, my dad, he worked for, he was a district manager for McDonald's. He managed 34 different McDonald's. And so he worked his way up from working as just a fry cook to a manager, to a store manager, district manager. And then he was director of operations. So my dad got a raise. We got some money when I thought, oh, this will be cool. And it'll solve all our problems. And P Diddy said it, the mo money, the mo problems, money (laughs) does not equal happiness. It doesn't mean all of your worries and stresses and anxieties are going to completely disappear. And for so long, That's how I lived my life. If I make more money, then I'll be happier. And that just is ultimately not the case. Now, I'm not saying that money isn't great. We all have to have money to survive. It is the way of the world. Mm -hmm. However, if you're looking for more money to make you happy, the eternal validation will not fill the internal void. I would say money does buy happiness, but it doesn't bring fulfillment. Yeah. 
Yeah. And there's a difference. Yeah. Yeah. It's a temporary fleeting. Yeah. It's great to go take a vacation and to not worry about what you're going to spend or, oh, I have to work extra hard when I come back because I'm going to be broke from vacation. Sure. But again, like you said, that's temporary. That's fleeting. Yeah. I love that. And I didn't really understand my relationship with money until I read, so I remember buying You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero, yeah. probably back in 2014. And then when her You Are a Badass at Making Money came out, I got it right away. And it blew my mind when she chat talked about, we praise financial success to a point and then we shame it. Yeah. And so people who like, oh, look at that person got a new car or was able to do this. But if they have a private jet, ew, that's gross. That's Uh disgusting. You should be helping more people. And whenever I see, and this might be, this might step on some toes, but when I see, I saw like a battle on Facebook in the comments with people, which was like really fun to watch (laughs) and read, but this girl being like shaming billionaires for not ending world hunger And then someone like countering with, if you can teach, give a man a fish and he eats for a day, teach a man to fish, blah, 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 blah. And I like sit in somewhere in between, but realizing if we, if you're, how do I say this? It's really easy to shame people who have more than us, but what are we doing ourselves? Am I doing enough? Because Mm. to some, I'm that person to somebody else. Like I have more than somebody else out there and someone could eat. It's so easy to look at the person ahead of you and go, they should be doing more, but are we all doing more? And I went off on 10 tangents there, but Jen talks about refocusing your mindset of when I'm, if I'm able to bring in more income, how can this help the world more? How can me bringing in more income, help more people and getting rid of this like mentality? Cause it's like money and sex are like the two taboo Mm -hmm. topics. Yeah. And I'm curious, cause I remember being like, hitting six figures was like this coveted number yeah yeah and hitting it going oh that didn't feel like how I thought it was gonna feel okay I'm so glad you had that experience too because that was me I was like yeah Uh, huh that's it I don't get a parade I don't get like fireworks like I don't feel like I can solve all the world problems Yeah. It was a, it's a weird. And again, if you don't have that healthy foundation with money, you don't have a healthy relationship. I think it does lead to disappointment. And again, you and I both had that magical number in our head that was like, if I hit this, then everything will be good. And I would say it's like similar to how, sorry. Oh no, go ahead. Similar to how a lot of times, like for years I had this, I had the number 200 in my head of that's the most I can charge someone without them freaking out. It was my own discomfort and my own relationship with money. And I'd have clients who would buy, get a cut in color and they'd buy five products and their products would take them over the 200. And so I discount their service because mm. I was, I did an emotional discount because I was uncomfortable with them spending that much money. It wasn't wow. my fear. And a lot of the times the anxiety that I felt or the things I did that I thought were for my client was to actually ease my own insecurity and my own mm. anxiety. Cause I don't know what they prioritize. Yeah. And do you remember when you hit over $200,000? Yeah. And it was, it was, it's cool. It's cool to say as a behind the chair stylist to make six figures cool. But then when you hit that two, yeah, the multi six figure business, it's cool and it's exciting. And then it's also, fuck, now I got to keep producing and now I have to hit a higher mark because I hit a hundred and now I hit 200 and all of a sudden I'm feeling like 200 isn't good enough. So now I got to work even hard. Like it's complicated. It's not like you hit this number and it's just rainbows and sunshine and fucking glitter. It, 
it can get weird and it front door with a big giant check no that has not happened to me yet okay (laughs) i'm gonna do that i'm gonna show up at your house with a yes oh my god please you're you will never leave my house i promise you (laughs) yeah so i'm so i had this revelation in therapy once where I was talking to my therapist similar to it's okay. I achieved this. So what's next? And I don't stop and celebrate because I really am hard on myself. And I figure once I've accomplished something, it's not that big of a deal because if I can do it, anyone can do it. Therefore it's not something to be celebrated because I'm no one special. I don't have, I'm not crazy talented. I'm not, I don't have, I'm not a prodigy or anything like that. This is the narrative I tell myself. And she asked me to define success then. And I remember sitting there going, she's like, what, what will make you feel successful? What is true success for you? Mm. And I sat there and I thought, and the vision that popped up in my head was a horse with a carrot hanging in front of it. Mm. And I said, success for me is something that's is always out of reach. So when I achieve what I thought was success, I'm like, that wasn't because success is always ahead of me. Wow. I, this resonates so hard with me. So hard. Same. Like I have, it's incredibly odd how similar yet different we are, but I can definitely put myself in that situation and be like, fucking same dude, because what does success look like to you? What does it mean? And it's, oh, the boats, the fancy cars, the having a yacht or even having a fucking canoe, like whatever it is. But it's like you said, it it's almost always out of reach and you downplay it. And that's, that's a trauma response or a defense mechanism or a protector part. We downplay that. And again, it, it going back to what you said earlier, there's this weird dichotomy where we want to make money, but then also we're shamed for making money. And so we have to find in ourselves, what does that look like for us? And more than what does it look like? What does that feel like? So if somebody would have asked me, what do you think you would feel like if you made $200,000 a year behind the chair? I might've been, I might've thought of it differently. I might've been like, huh, it looks or it feels like, I don't know, maybe freedom, maybe happiness. What does it feel like instead of what is success look like to you? Does that make any sense? (laughs) Absolutely. And I'm curious, like the first time you hit 200,000 behind the chair, were you happy? Were you fulfilled? Oh God, this is such a loaded question. Honestly, not that I want to discourage people listening to go after it. I just want to have a really, because I, a lot of the goals I achieved the first time I achieved them all the wrong way. I achieved them to achieve the goal while sacrificing everything around. I will tell you, I worked harder than I ever had before. I was triple booking, had an assistant who I was working the dog snot out of. I was constantly sick. I was in the hospital all the time with pneumonia. I have chronic bronchitis. I guarantee I was not a ray of sunshine to be around. So was it worth it? Yes, because it it definitely taught me a lot of lessons. Did it bring the true freedom and happiness and peace and all of those things that I thought it would? Absolutely not. Is it a cool thing to say? Fuck yeah. But I also learned, again, it's a double-edged sword. There are ways to make 200, $400,000 working behind the chair without sacrificing your mental and physical health. Absolutely. It can be fucking done. Is that how I did it? Absolutely not. I like to take the detour route. <laughs> yeah. And I keep telling people like sometimes the scenic route, like scenic route, meaning like, don't do it the way we did it, yeah. <laughs> the better way to do it. And when I teach classes, I always say I've built, so I've built a six figure business from scratch three times. Hmm. The first two times I did it all the wrong way yeah. and I burnt myself out and I ended up in the hospital. And I remember like at least 
once a month, I would call in sick. I would yeah. message all my clients and say, I can't do it. My mental health struggled so yeah. badly. I was also going through a divorce. I had no, I often, when you like start to become a little bit more self-aware and then late at night, you'll like, remember something you said to a client 10 years ago, <laughs> gosh, uh-huh. and in 2014, I moved to a new city and not across the country, but to a new province. And occasionally these things will pop up and I'm like, I can't believe I said that to my client. Oh my gosh. Like, I think we could all relate to an experience or 12 like that. <laughs> yeah. Or like handling a situation where I got such a people pleaser. I didn't know how to say what I wanted in a polite way that I'd just say yes all the time. And then finally snap and say something super fucking passive aggressive to a yeah. client. Yeah. Passive aggressive is not the best way to communicate as we've learned. So all in all to give people just because you have a membership called blonding crew, yeah. which I think you, you bring in guest speakers. So it's not just about doing blondes, right? Tell me a Correct. little bit about blonding. Crew. It started out with a place for me to literally brain dump my, all the information I'd acquired over the years about blonding. And I I'm known in this industry for blonding and these crazy color correction transformations. And I was teaching classes and I thought I want to reach more people. I want to reach people that can't come to a class or can't afford a class or can't travel, or they're in Sweden or they're in Australia. So I started a private Instagram community where I could literally just brain dump my science, the chemistry placements, everything that I've come up with and that I've learned. And it's been a year and I believe two months and it has slowly morphed into, I know I've I just celebrated a year. It's crazy. I was that young. Yeah. She's, she's a baby. She's a baby, but it's morphed into this community of really inspiring humans. And they inspire me as much as I inspire them. And I want to create an all-inclusive community that is safe. It's a safe space to learn and to grow and to ask questions. And what I'm realizing is technique is great. Science and chemistry is great. Understanding formulas is so freaking important to what we do behind the chair. How technique is 20% of what we do. It's only 20%. That's fucking mind-blowing to me. So what about having boundaries with clients? How do we fire clients? How do we raise our prices? How do we communicate with people? How do we grow our brand? How do we utilize social media? All of these other things that are happening in our life. I've started to bring that into Blonding Crew. So I ask guests to come in and speak inside the industry, outside of the industry, entrepreneurs, educators, motivational speakers. I want to build a community where people come for, I basically want to be a life coach. Okay. So have you seen that funny meme that says, I wish I had the confidence of a 25 year old life coach. My God. No, but, but yeah, I feel like that meme probably fits me. Oh, like (laughs) experience life. I feel like I always think it's like funny with life coaches who like, haven't, it's like an 18 year old. And you're like, I don't know if you, I'm like, wait till you grow up kid. Wait till you grow up. (laughs) And I mean, all the power to them. Yeah, absolutely. We all have our path, but Blonding Crew has really grown into this just incredible community where people can come and learn and we can learn from each other. I've recently brought in a team of educators. I want to expand the platform. My, my dream is that I pay educators to come in and teach their stuff and they then reach an audience that they didn't have access to. And then they grow their brand and their education, because honestly, this industry can be incredibly competitive for some reason. And it doesn't, 
and catty and rude and mean. And we we can all relate to a story where somebody told us we were terrible at hair or a coworker was shitty to us or a, somebody we thought we were as a friend stabbed us in the back. I get that. But what I want is I want people who want to uplift each other who want to support and love and embrace and fully like all our flaws show up, no fucking makeup, no, no fucks given. And I want to create a space where people can go to find technical videos and they can go to find business videos and they can go to find other educators and other sources of inspiration. I would love to be able to do that and to give others the opportunities to showcase their talents. So that's my hope with Blending Crew. I think I'm on my way. I'm putting together my very first retreat. I just posted about it today. We just officially launched it. I've never put together a retreat. And let me just tell you, I understand why people don't do this. It is so fucking expensive. Oh my God. Like it, it is so fucking expensive. And it's like all these moving parts and people. Mm-hmm. And But I really truly believe that when we surround ourselves with people who love us and who are encouraging and supportive and will call us on our bullshit, and are very genuine, authentic humans, when we surround ourselves with those people, it's this magic that happens because we drop all the bullshit, right? And we just want to help people be better and live better and do better. And that's what I've done with this event is I've chosen or people have chosen me. People have reached out to me. Dawn Bradley was like, I'll be part of it. And I was like, what the fucking, are you serious? Mm -hmm. That's how it's happened. And it's incredible because we lift each other up. We rise together. And it's Mm -hmm. stupidly cliche, but cliches are cliche for a reason because they're fucking true. And there doesn't have to be all of the competition and backbiting and all of that. And we really can truly help support and raise each other. And you know what? I want to high five you when you make 200 grand. I want to fucking toot your (laughs) horn. That's right. I want to toot your horn for you when you hit your goals and do that with authenticity, because I know you'll do that for me. That's Mm -hmm. what I want. I love that. So how do people find out more about Blondie and Crew? So you can go to my website. If you don't follow me already on Instagram, go do so right now. I am the Platinum Giraffe on Instagram. And you can click the link in my bio. It will take you to the Blonding Crew information. It is $25 a month. That's two of my iced matcha lattes. So two iced matcha lattes every month, sacrifice those and you can join blending crew. And again, the event I'm putting together is only for blending crew members. So it's not open to the public. Yeah. It's exclusive. So yeah, if you're not in blending crew, you can't come. So go join blending crew and Dawn's in there. Dawn's in there a lot. Hang out with us. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It is. It's just a fun place to hang out. I do Instagram lives all the time. It's just a, it's a really cool place to. Yeah. It's really amazing. Thank you so much for coming and sharing about a topic that's hard to talk about sometimes for a lot of us with money and final, if you had to sum it up into one to two sentences for someone who's, I want to make six figures, or I want to hit $200,000. What would you say they should focus on the most? I have to sum it up in two sentences. There was one. I know that was a tough one. Uh, I will say You can do anything you put your mind to. And I mean that. I absolutely mean that. There's nothing you can't do if you are willing to work hard to get there. I will say if your goals are monetary. Your limit's been reached. Just kidding. (laughs) Fuck. I know. I'm like, I'm so bad at this. I don't know. Work hard and don't give up. No, that's fucking bullshit. Because it's about working smarter, not harder. But I, yeah, that was my thing for a long time is I was like, I thought the only way that I could do earn more was to do more. Yeah. Same. Cause more prided myself on how tired I was. 
Oh my God, Sam. I used to, I literally used to brag to my clients. I've worked 37 days in a row with no day off 12 hours a day. I'm yeah, sorry, like, bitch. I don't want you doing my fucking hair. Are you kidding me? That's mm-hmm. not a badge of honor. And so like when, when you get all the fixes coming in, it's usually when you've pushed yourself too far yeah. and you're not doing your best work. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I always tell people, I don't know about you, but I want to learn from the person that's making bank and has a life outside of work. Correct. Correct. So if you do want to hit those monetary goals, absolutely go for it. But also know that if you think that reaching a hundred thousand or 200,000 or $300,000 is automatically going to solve all your problems. I promise you it's not, it absolutely is not. It's more about your experience in the whole thing and on your way to making that. And I would really encourage you to work smarter, not harder, meaning hire a coach, join a program, join education, do small things every day that help get you close to your goal. And don't burn yourself out like Dawn and I did. Yeah. I love that. And this, I actually saw this on Instagram the other day. It says act broke, no matter how much money you make act, act fucking broke, put yourself on a budget, wake up every day. Like you got to scramble to pay your bills. This attitude was life-changing for me. I went from buying sneakers and eating out to being addicted to saving and reinvesting. And I love that because it's so, so many times we think money's going to solve problems, but there are countless stories of people who win the lottery and end up right back where they were. Because if you don't know how to manage your money or as well as manage your life and your free time and your self-care, you're just going to end up burnt out and back where you were. It's true. And there's enough money. Listen, there's enough money to go around people. Everybody can be a millionaire, but it's what we do with that money. And are we ready to have it? I, are we ready? Are we, can we handle it? I remember buying my first Gucci bag and thinking I was the coolest person in the world. And, and then I went and I'll tell you a funny little story. And I know we, Dawn's like, we gotta go, but no, I walked into, I was teaching a class in Cleveland, Ohio, and I walked into the Dior store there. And this was just like, I don't know, a year and a half ago. And I bought a $6,000 bag. Okay. And I was like, oh my God, I can afford a $6,000 bag. And I walked out to the parking lot and I threw up. I literally threw up. I was so fucking like upset with myself. Cause I was like, why did you do that? You did that. Okay. Now all of a sudden uh, I'm realizing I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have, did I need that? Is that going to make me cooler? Is that going to make me a better person? And I'm like, oh my God, I just bought a $6,000 bag so that I could like what show off to the fucking sales lady or to myself. So I called my friends and I'm like, I bought a $6,000 bag and I want to take it back. And I'm so embarrassed. And my friends were like, go fucking take it back. And I'm like, no, I'm not taking it back. So I come home and my husband's like, you bought a $6,000 bag. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. He doesn't understand bags and fashion, by the way. So my assistant was like, let me send it back for you. Let me send it back. So I did. And I learned a lesson just because I can do something doesn't mean I should do something. And I think mm-hmm. I was looking for this to fill some hole or I had this expectation. This Dior bag would change my life. Nope. Not at all. Again, when you don't have a healthy relationship with money, having all the money in the world doesn't make a damn bit of fucking difference. You're still going to be unhappy and miserable with lots of fucking money. Yeah. I love it. Thank you again for coming on the podcast. I think we should definitely make this a regular occurrence. So basically you want me to take over your podcast. I totally agree. Everyone listening totally agrees. Thank you so much for handing off your podcast. Okay, friends. So tune in next week. It's just going to be me. I'm kidding. I would (laughs) love to do this with you. Yes. We will leave all of Sarai's info 
it down in the show notes. Make sure you go follow her on Instagram if you're not already. And we'll talk to you next week. How amazing is Sarai? Oh my gosh, we could just keep talking forever. And why don't you? Go check out her blonding crew. It's $25 a month. It She seriously over delivers so much in it. And what do you think? Should we have her come back to the podcast? I think we should. That was her second time on. I think we should definitely have her back. Her energy is contagious. She's a straight shooter. She'll tell you like it is. Sarai, thank you so much for being on here and friends listening. Go check her out. If you're not already obsessed with her, you're going to be. And we'll see you back here. Same time, same place next week. Bye friend. Stay weird.